we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you today. My name is Walker Wildman. I'm your host each week on the show. AFR.net is our website. You can go there and listen to the podcast and listen live, whichever one you would like to do. The AFA at the podcast uh, is up and running on the AFR.net website. We also have it available on our app, which is free. And um, the app is free and there's no gimmicks, no tricks. It is quite uh, literally free to go download from the App Store. Just type in AFR or you can type in American Family Radio and download the app. But don't just download the app. You got to go to the AFA at the Core podcast page there on the app. That's what you got to do so you can find the podcast in multiple places. We're also on all the major podcast platforms as well. So find a place you want to listen to the podcast and you can subscribe there. We're also live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. Go to AFR's Facebook page or my AFA at the Core YouTube channel to watch the show. And we're not going to be reliant on the big platforms for much longer. Here in a couple months, we'll have a uh, video platform of our own where you can watch the show AFA at the Core. We'll have our own video platform that we control, that we build, uh, that we publish the content on. So we'll have full control over it there. So that's good news coming up. We won't always have to rely on uh, the the big tech conglomerates to get our message out. So that's coming up in the coming months. So stay tuned for that. We'll have uh, Tim Todd on next segment to talk about Truth for Youth Bible Campaign. We teased it on Friday, but we're going to talk to Tim Todd next segment about the Truth for Youth Bible Campaign. A very excited uh, a, a very exciting campaign uh, where we get Bibles into the hands of youth and uh, and hundreds and over the course of the years, thousands of students have had their lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Speaking about having our lives changed, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. We're going to carry this on the next month or two or longer, but we're going to be taking uh, our, our scripture for the week is going to be coming out of Proverbs for the foreseeable future. I just thought it wise to stay in there and follow the track, follow the context. And the book of of Proverbs, the first verse in Proverbs calls it a proverb of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. But if you want to know the purpose of Proverbs, the book, You can go down to verse 4 in chapter 1, and it says to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Well, jumping over to chapter 3 is where we're going to start. This week, we're going to focus on 1 and 2 of chapter 3. Proverbs 3, verse 1 and 2, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will be added 
to you. That's Proverbs 1 and uh, 2 out of the book of, uh, out of uh, chapter 3 there in Proverbs. That's our scripture for the week. You know, I have uh, three young boys, and uh, they sure are a bundle of joy. Well, this weekend, I had a good experience building a fence with my son, Luke, my four-year-old. And uh, we built a fence, and, you know, he just got the, the kindest heart. And we we were about halfway through, and he was he, – he's a pretty good helper. I mean, he, he knows how to hold up the boards, and he's do, following instructions. He's got his own little tool belt. Well, he uh, he dropped a board, and it fell on my hand, and, of course, I got a little frustrated. Uh, the little bit of my flesh came out in me. The, the board, he dropped it on accident. We all make accidents. Um, and and he dropped the board. Well, you know, he kind of walked off and, and went on and played and did something else. Well, he came back about five or ten minutes later. I'm telling you, this was just the sweetest thing. He said, uh, Dad, I'm sorry for dropping the board on your hand. <laughs> and And, you know, my heart immediately softened there, softened. And uh, I thought, man, that's good um, that he he knows enough to be able to apologize when he makes a mistake, even though it was an accident. He had no ill intention. Um, he knew that it hurt me, and so he came back and apologized. Um, so that was that was encouraging to see that my parenting, the parenting of my wife and I, is actually making some headway. Well, last night, I uh, my wife usually reads my oldest son. A story before he goes to bed and prays with him. Well, last night I did that. So I was laying with my son and he's got all kind of books in his room and he grabbed one that was, I don't know the name of it, but it was basically 100 stories, 100 bedtime stories. And you can go through and, and pick one of the hundred. Well, he said, I want to, he said, dad, I want the gingerbread man. <laughs> I want the gingerbread man. Well, it took me like five minutes to find it because the book's massive. It's got 100 stories in it, like 500 pages. Finally, I find the gingerbread man, and I'm like halfway through it. And it is pretty interesting. I mean, I was pretty into the story, but I, I started thinking. Yes, I was thinking as I was reading. You can do that. It's pretty hard, but I did it. <laughs> um, I started thinking to myself, you know, here I am. As a, as a father, and I get limited time with my children. I, I Thankfully, I spend more time than, than I spend a good amount of time with my family, so they're not neglected. But still, with work, with everyday life, with responsibilities as an adult, I don't get to spend 24-7 with my children. Well, I thought to myself, here I am spending, I don't know, 15 minutes out of my night to read my son a bedtime story, I need to make sure that I am maximizing my time with my son. So I thought, here I am reading The Gingerbread Man, which is, it's a pretty interesting story, but of eternal value, it really doesn't have any eternal significance. And so I went and put this book up and got uh, 100 Bible stories, because we have a book, another one that has 100 Bible stories in it, which is excellent for children. And it starts in Genesis and goes through uh, the end of the Scripture. And so that it just hit me. I was convicted that, that w- as parents and, and grandparents, we have limited windows of opportunity to impact our children. So we need to make sure that we're utilizing that time to impact them with something of eternal significance. So my uh, story there 
is that uh, instead of reading these, you know, fictional stories uh, about the gingerbread man at night, I'm going to start, when I have an opportunity, make sure I'm reading scripture and Bible stories to my son uh, so that I can have, hopefully, have some kind of impact there on the kingdom. Uh, so there's a little word of encouragement there. Make sure you maximize the time that you have with your children, with your grandchildren, and with anyone in your family, in your vicinity that you can impact. The uh, story, uh, one story I wanted to get to today is out of uh, the Christian Post, the uh, Lifeway Research. This is an arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, but they do obviously all kinds of research, hence their name, Lifeway Research. Well, they published a report, and this this was actually done, the, the survey was done back couple months ago, but it was published recently. And the title of the of the research of the report was this, America's View on Emotions and Adversity. And the survey questioned respondents with this. What has given you hope during the ad- adversity you have seen during 2020? And then they were allowed, the respondents were allowed to choose all that apply from a list of responses. The top source, I'm reading directly from the Christian Post here, the top source of hope for U.S. adults was, quote, the kindness people have shown, and that came in at about 40%, followed closely by relationships at 38%. Uh, Coming in at number three was my religious faith, and I'm quoting directly from the the survey questions here, that came in at 36%. And then fourthly was stable finances that came in at 33%. These are all things that U.S. adults claimed and said that gave them hope. And this this, uh, was actually done, I think this survey was done amongst the general public. So this wasn't a done, this wasn't like a church survey amongst the congregation or, or professing believers. This was amongst the uh, general public. But uh, quoting directly from uh, Lifeway Research Executive Director Scott McConnell, he said about half as many Americans who identify with a religious faith credit that faith with giving them hope during 2020. Uh, He goes on to say that the Christian faith points followers of Jesus to a more hopeful future which should shine even brighter during dark times. The reason I wanted to bring this up to begin with is I actually do have a point here. I'm not just reading a news report for you. My point is, and what I want to emphasize here, is that we don't confuse our faith and God's promises and God's prophecies and God's word with a prosperous, a worldly prosperous future. Because, because the prosperity gospel is a poison, and it is out there. It is very popular, even amongst Christians. The prosperity gospel that, that, that twists Scripture to, to make people believe that if they are believers in Jesus Christ for salvation, that they are going to have a financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually prosperous future their entire time on this earth. And that, that when you read Scripture, that is not the case. Can Christians have a 
a monetarily prosperous life? Sure they can. If they have a, a good job, if they start their own company, there are many avenues for believers to have a financially stable and prosperous life here on this earth. But that's not what Scripture promises us. Yes, if you apply God's wisdom, God's principles to your life, can it lead to financial stability and prosperity? Absolutely it can. God's ways are the best. But that's not always the case, and so we don't need to leave believers frustrated at God because they have a tough time in life. Our faith in life, our our what God has called us to is to not have a quote-unquote easy life. I mean, you read in, I'm going through Acts now in my Sunday school class, and you read about Peter and the apostles and Paul. I mean, these guys had a tough time. They had a very challenging life, especially towards the end of their life when they were, uh, when the early church was was up and running and they were spreading the gospel throughout different parts of the world. I mean, these guys had a, had a challenge. Many of them were martyred for their faith. Um, and so uh, I leave you with um, when you have uh, challenging times in your life, when things are, are not going as you wish they would, uh, we don't need to push away from God and be frustrated at God. We need to draw in and allow God to use difficult times to grow our faith because that's what he did and he has done throughout all of human history. He has used, used adversity and challenging times uh, to grow our faith. So that's my encouragement uh, for you today. We don't need to, to fall into the prosperity gospel trap, which leaves many people, many people frustrated um, and wondering why they got dealt a bad hand in life. This life, we're called to faithfulness to the Word of God. That's what we're called to. We're called to faithfulness to the Word of God, so that's what we need to be committed to. That's what this life is about. This whole, and, and God is still forming me in my worldview that, that we're not here for ourselves. We, we will get it so wrong if we think that we're on this earth for our benefit. <laughs> We're on this earth as believers in Jesus Christ for his benefit, for his kingdom, not to build our own kingdoms. AFA at the core, American Family Radio. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in a few minutes with Tim Todd and Truth for Youth Bible Campaign. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The New York AG announced that an independent investigation has revealed New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed numerous women, including current and former staffers from 2013 to 2020 in violation of state and federal laws. They also found the Cuomo administration was a hostile work environment rife with fear and intimidation, which included at least one instance of retaliation against a former employee who accused him of wrongdoing. Elected officials across the political spectrum have called for Cuomo to resign. To date, he's refused to do so. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Since our girls use technology frequently, it's important that we are up to date on the latest tech trends. The newest trend? There's a new breed of app being promoted around social media, often in the second slide of a video on Instagram or posted all over TikTok. The live video chat apps. Now, I don't mean FaceTiming grandma or Zoom meetings with friends kind of video chat. I mean randomized video chat with cool strangers make new friends type apps. Scary, right? Take control over the situation by having an open conversation with your girl about these kinds of apps and the dangers they hold. Then dig deeper. If she is wanting to use these apps, find a different way to fulfill her God-given desire to be in a community in a safer offline environment. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. I'm a widow. I've worked for a bank for 31 years, and I've been retired now for 10 years. Myrtle Norris comments on her experience with the AFA Foundation. I had a lot of financial questions, and Dan Celia was, um, he answered my questions, and he helped me with a lot of decisions that I made. And then the charitable gift came up and he explained that to me. I decided to get it and I'm sure glad I did because I know now that money is in a place that I know God wants it to be and also get my monthly income from it. I believe in the AFA and what they're doing because they're working for us. Learn how the AFA Foundation can work for you. You can contact the AFA Foundation through Facebook on our website, afafoundation.net, or call us at 800-326-4543, extension 345. Thank you for supporting the American Family Association. AFA at the Core podcasts are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm your host, Walker Wildman, on the American Family Radio Network. I love to have guests in studio. Well, this today we have uh, Tim Todd from Revival Fires Ministry in studio with us. And he is on to discuss the Truth for Youth Bible Campaign, which we do each year here on American Family Radio, with the goal of getting Bibles into the hands of youth and into schools all across the country. Tim, Glad you're on with me. Glad to be on, Walker, and appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you, brother. You know, this uh, this morning in Devo, in devotional, each each day here at AFR we have a, a staff devotional, and um, you were talking uh, not only about the Truth for Youth campaign, which we'll get into a little bit of the details of that, but you were telling some testimonies about how God is just impacting lives across the country. Tell our listeners maybe one or two of those. Oh, yes. You know, it's amazing at what God is doing with regard to the distribution of the Truth Youth Bible. But at the same time, while we've got all of these undocumented immigrants, illegal immigrants coming into America, uh, of course, we know that that's not good for our country. Hmm. But at the same time, they're coming anyway. And the Holy Spirit laid in my heart to begin to provide Spanish Truth for Youth Bibles for the young people coming across the border. Hmm. So there are facilities all over uh, South Texas uh, along the border there. And I began to pray right after the presidential election in November with my wife. We began to pray about God opening up a door. So May, I get a phone call from a pastor in South Texas. He said, Tim, he said, I know you've got the Spanish Truth for Youth Bible. 
He said, one of my very best friends is a facility director of a gold standard facility in South Texas. Hmm. He needs Bibles and he wants to allow you to come in and preach if you want to come in and preach. And I said, you're kidding. He said, no. And I get off the phone and Angie said, my wife said, Tim, that's what we've been praying for. And so the Lord opened up that door. And so every two weeks we provide 2,000 Bibles for these for this particular facility, hmm. for young men, that this uh, facility houses young men ages 12 to 18 years old. Wow. And so they don't know Jesus. If anything, they're religious. They don't have a relationship with the Lord. Right. So the first time I went in there, I had no idea what kind of response we'd have. So what happened was, Walker, I got to preach. And of course, I had to preach several times because they social distance them. They've all got on masks and mm-hmm. they're, they're spread out across this chapel that they've got on the facility. Yeah. It's actually a, 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 a closed down Baptist campground. So they've got, you know, they've got places to house them. They've got cafeteria, everything that they could need. Mm-hmm. So I preached the gospel. And out of those 2,000 young men that are religious or nothing at all, Hmm. with tears streaming down their cheeks, 1,997 of them gave their heart to the Lord and got saved. Wow. As they left, I was able to give them a fist bump and a truth for youth Bible, a Spanish truth for youth Bible. And so, you know, we've been providing those Bibles. Then about three weeks ago, I went back to that same facility and they are overwhelmed with young people. They they have have 2,000 young people are allowed to be on the campus they had 2,005. They are over capacity. Of those 2,005 in four services, we had all 2,005 of them lift their hand for salvation and give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ again. Wow. Many of them weeping before God, giving them Bibles. So what the devil is meaning for bad yeah. for these young people and, and ones coming into America illegally, which it's not a good thing for our country. Absolutely. But guess right. what? They're coming and while they're coming in as an evangelist, I believe that I'm looking at this from a bit a a not a political perspective, right. but as a a perspective of the kingdom of God. And so we're thankful for what God is doing with that project. Amen. Yeah, that's so encouraging. And and all everyone needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Despite what they're what they're what situation they're in. Um, so that's encouraging. Hey, tell us a little bit about the Truth for Youth Bible campaign. We've been doing this for over twenty years here at American Family Radio. And what's our overall goal, and what are they going? What, what do these teens get who request their Bible? Well, this is the twenty-first year, and we've given away over a million Bibles since we started the project. We've had more than twenty-five thousand decision coupons from young people that have been saved for the very first time as a direct result of them getting a copy of the Truth for Youth Bible. They fill mm-hmm. it out, send it to our ministry, or they email us, letting us know that they gave their heart to the Lord. We get them plugged into a local church wherever they live because we don't want them just to give their life to Jesus Christ and have that number. They need to be discipled after they give their heart to the Lord. Wow. And so this year, our goal is 65,000. We want to cross that that number of 65,000 this this week. And so what it, all that has to happen is the parent or the grandparent of a child or a grandchild that will commit to give the Truth for Youth Bible away to a friend in school that is not serving the Lord, if they will commit to do that, hmm. we'll give one Bible per teenager, per household, for as many young people as are in, in that home. So if they got three teenagers, they get three Bibles. Wow. And they take them to school and shine the light 
of the gospel into the darkness of what the devil is trying to accomplish in our uh, the young people in America. Amen. Hey, folks, uh, here's the website and the phone number, and then I'll make a few other comments about this. Truthforyouth.com is where you can go. Truthforyouth.com, that takes you right to Tim Todd's website where you can fill out the form to get a free Bible. Uh, one per one per youth is, is kind of the general rule there. And then here's the phone number where you can call in, and this number goes down to your headquarters there yes. in, in Louisiana. 800-733-4737. 800-733-4737. So uh, parents, grandparents out there listening, if you know a youth, if your grandchild, your child needs a Bible to take to school, uh, you can call that number, go to that website and get one. Um, But Tim, it's so important that, and it's like every year the urgency becomes more and more because we have so many youth out there. Uh, The breakdown of the family, it, it really drives this, but we have so many youth out there that struggle with uh, depression, that struggle with uh, substance abuse, uh, that struggle, that they, they, they don't have a father in the home. They have all these different issues that really drive them to a very dark place. And this Bible gives so many youth hope. Yes, in fact, it's got the whole New Testament in the God's Word translation. Very easy to understand, but very accurate. Mm. Right before you get to that section where it's got the whole New Testament, Walker, it's got comic stories, graphic novels that deal with the truth about things like drugs, drunkenness, peer pressure, pornography, sexual purity, homosexuality, what the Bible says, Mm. abortion. We deal with the truth about witchcraft. We deal with the truth about cutting, sexting, bullying, suicide. We deal with the truth about honor, pluralism, so that our young people will know that uh, that, uh, uh, there's only one way to get to heaven. It's not through Hare Krishna through Jesus or Christ. Islam. Or it's through Jesus Christ, That's and they right. need to Amen. know the truth. Yeah, they do, and they need to, th- those cartoons are so helpful because those address the key issues that they're dealing with as youth. So this is so encouraging, folks. We would encourage you, if you know a youth who need a Bible, then you can call this number, 800-733-4737, or go to truthforyouth.com. Uh, Tim, God bless your work. We're going to keep pushing that. Our goal is 65000 this week. We're going to be talking about it every day here on the show. God bless you. Appreciate you very much, Walker. God right. bless you. Keep up the good work. Folks, that's what's so encouraging is um, here at American Family Association, we partner with all kinds of ministries and all kinds of, of, of individuals who work all for the kingdom of God, all for the glory of God. And so that's what we're focused on here this week on American Family Radio is getting the word of God into the hands of our youth, getting it into the school system and it's perfectly um, uh, one one other thing that's in these Bibles in the back is our uh, is your your constitutional rights, and so so you know there's this narrative out there that's not true that well I can't take a Bible into school the Bible's banned from school well that's that's not really true uh, students have the right have the constitutional right to take the Word of God with them into school and I remember as a senior in high school when we weren't having instructional time. I would actually read my Bible while I was in class. When I got done with my work for the for the for the uh, period during that time slot, all my work was done. I got to read the Bible in my class during my uh, downtime, my non-educational time. So you can do that as a student. And and at the back of this Truth for You, the Bible has your constitutional rights laid out. Um, so that's a very very encouraging aspect there. Pastor, can I get you to hold up the Bible for our video yes. shot here? Just give folks the uh, an idea what the what the cover looks like and 
again, that covers the New Testament, lead, led off by co- comic stories, uh, cartoons, if you will, about the, the significant events in the Bible. Beautiful cover, very easy to carry, fits into a backpack easily. Um, excellent product. Very, very solid product. I highly encourage our listeners to get into that. Yeah, that's it's so encouraging. And 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 Tim, you actually raised the money throughout the year uh, to help print these Bibles because you're going to send it to the youth without charging them. Exactly. And that's that's the key thing here is we're not you know charging people six or ten dollars a Bible to get these. Exactly. Uh, you raise the funds to to offset the cost of these Bibles, and then you'll send them to youth for free. Yes, that's exactly right. And what better thing to have in the hands of our young people right now while they're pushing critical race theory in our public school systems, CRT. What we really need is Christ's real truth. We need CRT, but we need Christ's real truth. Yes, And that's what the Truth Youth Bible is all about, giving young people hope in this time that we are in in America, Mm. whether we have all of the wickedness and everything that our young people are up against. Many of them feel hopeless. And that's what the, the Truth Youth Bible is all about, giving hope to these young people. Yeah, and, and, and there's also, you would think, you think in America, you think, well, everybody's got a Bible, or at least everyone who wants a Bible has one. That's not necessarily the case with these youth. I mean, they come from, from very tough homes, very tough backgrounds, some of them, and they, they literally may not have access to a Bible. And statistically, of the 53.8 million students in our public schools, 40 million don't have any Bible at all. Wow. That's the biggest mission field on America's in America, I believe, is our public school campuses. And God says that his word will not return void. That's Amen. right. Um, so it's going to pierce hearts and pierce minds, and that's what our prayer is. All right, brother. Love you, man. Appreciate you very much. Love you too, Walker. Appreciate all you're doing. All right. Thanks, Tim. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, truthforyouth.com is the website, truthforyouth.com, or the phone number to call in is 800 733 and get your free Truth For Youth Bible. Our goal is 65000 this week, so we're going to keep pushing this today, tomorrow, and all the way through Friday. Um, truthforyouth.com is where you can check that out. Uh, shifting gears here, a uh, good news story out of Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis continues uh, to impress and continues to push uh, very, very good policies in the state of Florida. Well, this one has to do with school vouchers, which... You know, school vouchers and school choice has been percolating a conserva- the conservative movement for years now, even decades, and many states have made positive uh, uh, leaps, positive uh, headway when it comes to allowing students and families to pick the school of their choice. But there's still a lot of uh, room to work here. Well, Florida, Florida Department of Education or the Florida Board of Education approved an emergency rule on Friday that will allow allow private school vouchers if parents feel their children are being harassed by a school district's COVID-19 safety policies, including mask requirements. And the the interesting thing here that the school uh, board of education did there in Florida is they already had in state law a provision uh, that allowed a student to seek a school voucher if they were the victim of bullying in their school. They could they could apply for this school voucher because they were being picked on, they were being bullied in their school, and then they could move schools as a result, according to Florida state law. <laughs> well, the Florida Board of Education now included uh, this COVID-19 harassment, is what they're calling it, in this uh, procedure, in this protocol. Uh, so now uh, parents who don't want their kid to have to wear a mask for seven to eight hours a day in the classroom and on the playground, 
uh, they can seek a private school voucher uh, and transfer their child uh, anywhere in the state that they want them to go in the name of uh, helping their child avoid this harassment uh, that they're experiencing at the school. Uh, The definition of COVID-19 harassment, according to the Florida Board of Education, is anything threatening, discriminatory, insulting, or dehumanizing verbal, written, or physical conduct an individual student suffers in relation to or as a result of school district protocols for COVID-19, including masking requirements, the separation or isolation of students, or COVID-19 testing requirements. So that's a very uh, bold step there that the governor instructed the Florida Board of Education to do. And, you know, I've heard uh, from educators that many of these school districts are are way behind when it, from an academic perspective they are these students are way behind based on what happened last year i've heard uh, people i've heard personally of people who are students who were typically a plus students all the way through school they're a plus students and here they are um flunking they're failing school because they're 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 at home on their computer doing this distance learning this technological learning that in many cases doesn't work, so the studies prove. And uh, and so so schools don't really have any room across this country to continue uh, uh, distracting students from the primary goal of learning uh, academics at their school. And so we'll continue to monitor that. Monitor that. that was a good news item out of uh, Florida. You know, I, I cited a, a study that I didn't tell you where I got it from, but I got it today. And this study that I found on the NIH website, National Institute of Health website, was published back in April of 2020. And this this study talks about the efficacy or the effectiveness, a more of a layman term there, which I need as a layman, um, the effectiveness of face mask and respirators, the N95 respirators that are used in the medical field. Well, down into the study, it talks about whether which types of masks are effective to prevent upper respiratory illnesses from being spread. So we'll talk about that after the break. I'll actually cite the name of the study so you can go read it for yourself. AFA at the core, Walker Wildman. We'll be back in a few minutes. American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here are some of our core values. AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. 
if it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Miki. And we've been married 16 years. You know, one of the things that Miki asked me before we got married, she's like, why do you want to marry me? What is it about, about me? Really, the Lord had put on my heart that God was putting us together for destiny and for purpose, and that he had a ministry that he desired to do through us, that, you know, we were both ministering on our own, but together that God was going to, you know, use us to minister. There is no one who is closer to you than your spouse, and there is no one who knows you better, and this is by God's design. Marriage is the first institution that God has given us to to shape us and to mold us and to show us ourselves. It's a beautiful picture. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. The youth of America face more and more racism, anarchy, and lawlessness. Jesus is the only hope for our youth. They need God's Word. Hello, I'm Tim Wildman, and we are so grateful to be associated with Revival Fires Ministries' Truth for Youth Bible Campaign, which provides Bibles free to teenagers who don't know the Lord. The Truth for Youth Bible is the entire New Testament, along with full-color comics that present biblical truth about moral issues, and it's also available in Spanish. Revival Fires International is giving one free to every teenager who promises to give it to a friend at school. A friend at school gave me three Truth for Youth Bibles. I sat down and I read the comics in the front and I realized that I needed to recommit my life to Christ. I gave the other two Bibles to my two best friends and I'm praying and hoping that they'll recommit their lives to Christ too. Truth For Youth Bible Week is going on now. Find out more or get a free Truth For Youth Bible at truthforyouth.com. Truthforyouth.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core, the last segment of AFA at the Core. Glad to have you with us today. Well, the uh, study I promised you I would actually cite, and then uh, I'll get Bobby to put, to link this on my podcast page this afternoon is a link to the study because I can tell you the title of it and all that, but it's still pretty difficult to find. You have to do some digging for it. But this was the uh, actual study took place in August of 2020, um, the compiling of it, and then it was published in April of 2020. The name of it or the title of it is this, a rapid system. A Rapid Systematic Review of the Efficacy of Face Masks and Respirators Against Coronavirus and Other Respiratory Transmissible Viruses for the Community, Healthcare Workers, and Sick Patients. Uh, the community there meaning the general public, even those who are otherwise healthy. Healthcare workers, of course, that's self-explanatory, and sick patients. Well, in this uh, study, um, what it did is it, it compiled many other studies and reported their results and came up with a conclusion. But down in it, uh, pretty deep in the study, is a a pretty interesting paragraph or two about the results. 
and this specifically has to do with the healthcare workers and and the, the studies on healthcare workers seem to be the most uh, helpful because they're they're very in controlled environments because um, you can monitor you know shifts uh, different healthcare workers their shifts and and their their use of face mask and if anybody knows how to wear a face mask properly it's most likely healthcare workers uh, because they have to do it often so here's the um, here's a couple highlights from it. Uh, the study said said this uh, for healthcare workers, there is evidence of efficacy of respirators if worn continually during a shift, but no evidence of efficacy of a mask, which is a surgical mask. It goes on to say, um, uh, by the way, it says that uh, the, the results from this specific study that it's citing also says that if at any point the hospital worker, the healthcare worker, took off their respirator during their shift then it immediately began to compromise the effectiveness of the mask. It goes on to say that, uh, and all studies seem to say this, it could be that larger trials are needed to demonstrate, demonstrate efficacy of a mask, but any protection is far less than that from a respirator, meaning an N95 respirator. A trial we conducted in Vietnam of two-layered cotton cloth masks compared to medical mask, showed a, la a lower rate of infection in the medical mask group and 13 times higher risk of infection in cloth mask arm. It goes on to say that the study suggests that cloth mask may increase the rate of infection or the risk of infection, but may not be generalizable to all homemade masks. The material design and adequacy of washing of, of cloth mask may have been a factor. There are no other randomized controlled trial of cloth mask published at this time. This goes back to 2020. So I, I bring all that up and I read all of that mumbo jumbo for many of you um, to say that um, in, in many of these studies, the cloth mask or the surgical mask, uh, th they can't seem to find the effectiveness there. The, the N95 respirator, they seem to be able to find some kind of effectiveness at preventing upper respiratory virus spread, but not that of a surgical mask or a, just a plain old cloth mask. Um, so that's uh, interesting there. That's just reading directly from the study. And uh, another reason I bring this up is because we've, we've had this back and forth from the CDC and these public health experts on what is the best, best mask to wear. Because remember, when we started, when the pandemic began, we were told that if you're healthy, you don't need to wear a mask. It's actually counterproductive, Dr. Anthony Fauci said, to wear a mask if you're perfectly healthy because he said it gives you a false sense of security. That's his own words. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow for Flashback Tuesday, if Bobby will remind me because I'll forget. <laughs> but, and then last week, we played the clip from a professor at the University of Minnesota saying that these cloth masks do not work. Is that's, what, that's his words. He said they are not effective. We need to be wearing N95 respirators, the general public, that is. Well, this is, this is another flat. This is a flashback as well. This goes back to last year, and Dr. Anthony Fauci says during an interview that cloth masks do work. Here's clip one. Number three. We found out that cotton cloth coverings were just as good as the surgical mask. 
What? Really? Say it isn't so. <laughs> cite the study, please, Dr. Fauci. Can you please cite the study so I can go read it myself? Um, he's not going to cite the study because most likely it doesn't exist. I would seriously, genuinely like to know if he would cite the study which said that cloth, cotton, face mask work. I would really like to read it for myself so I could bring it to the show. Because everything I read says that they don't. And even the University of Minnesota said that they don't. At least the professor did. And then you can, you can hear other clips from other public health experts, many from the CDC, that say that cloth face masks do not work. So what is it? And, and this is, you know, uh, we get, you know, conservatives and people who are skeptical about all these, these different mandates that are going around. Uh, you know, we get called cynical and, and you guys just don't care about science and you don't care about public health. Well, uh, it really doesn't help our situation as a country when our public health experts and our scientists keep contradicting themselves. They keep contradicting themselves. In order to build up confidence in our leaders, whether it be elected leaders or the bureaucrats, we need consistent messaging that is backed up by data. But what we're getting here is a back and forth depending on what month it is, on what is best and what is right. And so that's where a lot of the cynicism and the frustration comes from is the contradictory statements that seem to come about week after week here in America. Uh, another clip I want to play, another Fauci uh, great here, is um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know, President Obama, he ended up having his party, by the way. He ended up having his party. He claimed that it was going to be a scaled-back version, from, but from the pictures I saw, uh, they had these massive tents um, set up behind his house at Martha's Vineyard. Uh, so I'm a little bit skeptical that it was that it was scaled back. Um, I don't know what version of scaled back they were looking at, uh, but the birthday party that President Obama had looked pretty lavish to me and did look very scaled back. And by the way, pictures got leaked out there with him not wearing a mask. <laughs> None of the guests no, that I could see in the picture were wearing a mask <laughs> at the party. Huge, a pretty, pretty large gathering there at his private home for his birthday party. You know, and, and, and I actually agree with Barack Obama here. I actually agree with President Obama. I think as a private citizen, as an American, that he ought to be able to have as many people over to his house as he wants. He ought to be able to celebrate that birthday party however he sees fit. It's America. It's his private property there at Martha's Vineyard. The issue with that is they don't, they, the Democrats, they don't apply that same standard of liberty and, and freedom to everyone else. All the little guys, they can't have parties. They can't have, uh, they can't have uh, Bible studies come over to their house in California because that's a super spreader. You know, the COVID spreads more at church services, apparently. <laughs> that's what we've been told, at least. Tongue fully uh, pressed in my cheek there. Um, but let's play clip two. This is uh, Fauci talking about uh, the Sturgis biker rally that's been going on and how it's basically a super spreader. Clip two. I'm very concerned, Chuck, that we're going to see another surge related to that rally. I mean, to me, it, it's, it's, it's understandable that people want to do the kinds of things they want to do. They want their freedom to do that. But there comes a time when you're dealing with a public health crisis that could involve you, your family, and everyone else 
that something supersedes that need to do exactly what you want to do. I mean, you're going to ultimately be able to do that in the future, but let's get this pandemic under control before we start acting like nothing is going on. I mean, something bad is going on. I mean, we've got to realize that. All right, so the the interesting point about that is clearly to Dr. Fauci, public health trumps the Constitution. Public health trumps our freedoms. But furthermore, and we're actually going to have on Steve Dace later this week to talk about this, but because he had a very, very good and wise thought about what the overall strategy here is. And what what is the overall goal here in America with this whole COVID-19 pandemic? What is the goal? Because it first was two weeks to slow the spread. Now it's turned into 18 months to slow the spread. And now Dr. Fauci is saying 18 months in that we need more time. That one day, one day you can have a biker rally in Sturgis, but just not now. We just got to get through this. Well, my question is, and the question that Steve Dace posed is basically, what is the definition of let's get through this? Let's get through this. Because if let's get through this means that coronavirus is gone and it's disappeared from planet Earth, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen barring something like a miracle. Um, so the problem is, is that there's not a clear definitive strategy here and goal that America's trying to reach. It's all purely subjective. It's all purely subjective. One person say, well, you know, when the cases get down to this number, then we can go back to normal. But then the other person will say, well, no, it's all about that death count. When that death count gets down to this number, then we can go back to normal. And the other person says, no, it's about hospitalizations. When we get that hosp- those hospitalizations under control, uh, you can go back to normal. And so it's all, it's all very subjective as to what our overall strategy here, uh, and that's what makes many people leery and many people uh, question what the overall goal is here of our public health experts. Somebody who had some wisdom will at least play part one of this. This is Senator Rand, Ch- Rand Paul on, on Twitter this weekend telling us why he chooses freedom. Clip four, let's listen. It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed, although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Nancy Pelosi, You will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to work in person. Local bureaucrats and union bosses, 
We will not allow you to do more harm to our children again this year. Children are not at any more risk from COVID than they are from the seasonal flu. Every adult who works in schools has either had the vaccine or had their chance to get vaccinated. There is no reason for mask mandates, part-time schools, or any lockdown measures. Children are falling behind in school and are being harmed physically and psychologically by the tactics that you have used to keep them from the classroom during the last year. We won't allow it again. If a school system attempts to keep children from full-time in-person school, I will hold up every bill with two amendments, one to defund them and another to allow parents the choice of where the money goes for their child's education. Do I sound fed up to you? That's because I am. Wow. Boom. Dr. Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, they're bringing it, bringing the truth. And we had Chip Roy last week on the House floor saying, I'm not doing it. We're done with this. We're done with the mask all day, every day. We're done with the lockdowns. We're done with the shutdowns. We're done with punishing our children for something that doesn't hardly affect them. We're done with it. And I think that that's what is going to have to take place. Enough people are just going to have to politely say, I'm not doing this. My child is not wearing a mask for eight hours a day. My young, healthy child is not wearing a cloth mask for eight hours a day in the classroom. This is absurd. That's what it's going to take. Enough people doing that to stop this. And as I've mentioned multiple times, and I'll mention again, the reason I talk about all of this is because not because the coronavirus isn't a real virus. It does affect people. Many people, it affects tough. Many people, and some people, it's fatal. And so we can, I, I agree that the coronavirus is a public health issue that needs to be taken serious. But what we're not going to do as a country is continue this fascism and continue this punishing of people's liberties all in the name of public health because you can apply that standard to anything. AFA at the core, Walker Wildman will be back tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.